Hey guys, it's Nick from Super West Sports. Been a little bit since you've heard from me. It has been a little bit since you've heard from me, but we do have college football season coming back, so I'm back and we should have a lot of fun. Obviously, the Pac-12's in a different situation than it was before, but that's neither here nor there today. We still got some games to preview, some really freaking good games, and that's actually what we're going to be doing here today. So the purpose of you guys hearing from me, Mr. Nick, that dude, the guy who's back, the reason you're hearing from me today, guys, is because uh, we're going to be starting a four-part series previewing the Pac-12's premier non-conference opponents. So um, for the purposes of the series, it's going to be UW-Michigan State, that game. We're going to have uh, Arizona and Utah in their matchups against San Diego State. We're gonna Today, we're going to be doing Georgia and Oregon, and the last matchup is going to be Utah and Florida. But for the purposes of today's assignment, I had a phone interview with Mark Weiser, He's a Georgia beat writer for the Athens Banner Herald. And yeah, he just gave us his insights on what he thinks about the game and really uh, Georgia in general. Obviously, it's uh, not every day that our premier team in our conference, at least maybe one of our premier teams this year, we can say that at least, will have a really exciting matchup with the defending national championship. So without further ado, um, this is going to be my interview. I'm going to be asking Mark some questions. And yeah, um, just listen to him. He's the expert on Georgia. So guys... Again, really grateful to be back here at Super West Sports. Been a while since you heard from me, and uh, you already know what I'm going to say. Let's get straight to it. All right, so the first question I have for you is, do you think Stetson Bennett can lead this team back to the promised land? Obviously, he had a little bit of a unique story on his uh, route to becoming a national championship winning quarterback, but... Yeah, ultimately, do you think he can take uh, Georgia back to your standards of a national championship? I mean, he certainly showed last year with a great supporting cast that, um, you know, he could do it, what they wanted to do in terms of getting the ball to playmakers, um, not, uh, you know, protecting the ball and uh, making enough winning plays, you know, against Michigan. He, you know, uh, made plenty of big time throws down the field. Um you know, he needs to stay healthy, um, he needs to use his feet, um, and Georgia needs to take advantage of the, t- the um, talent they have on offense, particularly a tight end where they're just crazy deep. I mean, the uh, um, John Mackey Ward list came out today, and there's three Georgia tight ends on there for, you know, top tight end in the nation, um, and Brock Bowers was just, you know, an animal last year, and you know, put up the type of season that um, no Georgia tight end ever has. So, I mean, I think uh, a full off season for, for Stetson Bennett, um, you know, as the starter is something he's never had. I mean, he's, he's not as talented, uh, you know, probably as some of the quarterbacks that have been here before, but, um, you know, he's got a lot of moxie and a lot of fight. Awesome. Yeah, you kind of led me to my uh, next question here, which is uh, kind of cool. Maybe it's uh, a little bit funner, you know, a little bit uh, earlier in the interview. But um, either way, um, who's your favorite tight end and arguably the best group we've ever seen in college football for a Pac-12 nation? You got a guy named Brock Bowers, you got Eric Gilbert, and you got Darnell Washington. And again, this could (laughs) seriously, arguably uh, the greatest group in uh, college football history. But um, do you have a favorite? I mean, it's hard to argue with what Bowers did as a as a true freshman. I mean, it's kind of you know to come in and, and be that polished and you know looking as seasoned as he is, and still having two more years of college before he can even 
you know, declare for the NFL. I mean, if he was available, uh, you know, he, I think he would have gone the first round of the NFL draft, um, you know, this uh, April. Um, and the crazy thing is, you know, he didn't really even have a high school football season as a senior because he's from Northern California and, and their season was wiped out by COVID. Um, and, you know, he's got a, a pretty special skill set where, you know, he scored, I think it was against Vanderbilt, a rushing touchdown. Um, they really can move him up, line him up in the, you know, kind of a, in the backfield to a certain extent or, or in the slot. Um, he's just a, a matchup nightmare. And then, you know, Eric Gilbert didn't play last year. Um, they had some personal issues, but, you know, totally flashed in the spring and had a big spring game. And, you know, Darnell Washington, I mean, I think it's just a, a coup that they were able to keep him around. Um because, you know, seeing all that talent at that position, I mean, a lot of guys have, you know, run to the transfer portal and, um, but he's stuck around and, you know, he's a, he's a imposing guy. I mean, he scores a touchdown over the middle against Alabama in the, in the SEC championship game, I think it was. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how much they target the tight ends. And certainly they're going to have some, um, you know, three receiver sets out there with, with tight ends in those spots. Yeah, I mean, it, it should be a, a lot of fun to watch, uh, regardless of uh, who, who your favorite player is. Again, just a r- ridiculous amount of talent, ridiculous amount of talent. Um, the next question, though, I think is probably really important to a lot of people out here in Pac-12 Nation, and it's um, how do you think Dan Lanning's insight will factor into the matchup against Georgia? Um, obviously, I mean, dude, there's no way to sugarcoat it. Um, obviously, Georgia is going to hold a talent edge, but do you think – maybe Dan Lanning's insight can maybe keep it a close game and maybe give Oregon a fighter's chance in the end or something along those lines. How do you think that um, Dan Lanning's insight will factor into the matchup? Um, I mean, it'll be interesting. I mean, it's a chess match that, you know, I feel like Kirby has a couple of these a year. Um, whether, you know, Mike Bobo, who was a former Georgia offensive coordinator, then the head coach at Colorado State, um, he was the interim coach at South Carolina a couple of years ago when Will Muschamp got fired and you know, he went up against Georgia. So it was kind of a, uh, you know, they always say they're chasing ghosts because they're like thinking too much about what the other guy's going to do. Um, you know, and then Bobo was at Auburn last year when they also had a similar type matchup. I mean, I think we, we make a lot of that. I mean, it's fun. I think it's less about the X's and O's for me and more about just the friendships and the personalities and, and, um, you know, but it's kind of, you know, totally crazy that the first game as head coach is against the team. You just, you know, helped win a national championship, but, um, you know, they'll make adjustments. They'll throw some new wrinkles in there on both sides of the ball. I'm sure. And, um, you know, I think, um, Lanning has some different dynamics of just like making sure his operation as a first time head coach is running smoothly. And like, you know, he's going to probably be incredibly nervous. I assume rolling out there for a high profile game where, you know, just to make sure like, do we, do we have 11 guys on the field? Do we have, you know, did our, do we do the basic stuff? Right. So um, talent wise, I mean, I think Oregon's, you know, I haven't really broken down the matchup yet, you know, and studied them because we're still like five weeks, six weeks away from a game. But, um, you know, just on paper, I mean, George is going to out-talent basically you know, most teams by a, a good bit. But um, certainly, um, you know, Lanning knows what's coming. It's a matter of stopping it probably. Yeah, I, I, I hear you on that for sure. Um, obviously, it's a, we're probably in a little bit different situation out here in Pac-12 Nation. We have not had a 
as many winners as we would have uh, liked as of recently. But um, I'm sure, you know, being a, the defending national champs, you probably get a lot of people who probably feel like they know a lot about Georgia's football program. And at least for me, um, for me, just the very little bit I feel, um, obviously I don't know, but the little bit I feel is just looking at their schedule. Oregon could be the closest talent-wise to them, and uh, maybe Florida. But I believe, again, Florida's a new coach, and they're kind of struggling, so that probably shouldn't be too much. So, um, yeah, just obviously Georgia is going to probably – or obviously they are going to hold the talent edge. And um, I still do think that it should be kind of interesting dynamic to see um, just the whole thing with Dan Lanning. But um, anyways, on to the next question here. And uh, I'm a big offensive line guy. And so for me, Georgia's offensive line actually could have been their most underrated unit last year. Um, I think you believe, I believe you just said you hadn't really researched um, Oregon or uh, Oregon's front seven too much. Um, they have three really good playmakers up there, probably um, one of their stronger units. And so I was just curious if uh, you think that Georgia's going to be able to handle it up front. Well, you know, they lost um, Jamari Sawyer, who was their starting left tackle for a couple of years. He actually slid down to, I think, the sixth round, which surprised some people. But um, Broderick Jones stepped in for like four games last year, um, and he's a, a big-time five-star recruit. I mean, so he's – if you lose your left tackle and you can have a guy with some game experience and, and has the pedigree, I think they're in good shape there. Um, you know, Cedric Van Pran, their center, is showing up on some, you know – fringe first round type projections and he's only a redshirt sophomore but you know he i think he had more snaps than anyone else in the team last year um on the offensive line um and they have a lot of depth i mean tate rallage was a guy that started at guard last year in the opener and then had a, a foot injury that knocked him out the rest of the season so he's back and he'll be in the mix and then amarius mims is so uh, you know i mean george's depth is such that he's a former five-star also and he went in the transfer portal um because he wasn't I don't know exactly the reason, but he wasn't he wasn't in the starting five, and he like took a visit to Florida State and ends up coming back to Georgia. And so, I mean, you have guys with uh, a lot of talent that are fighting just to, to get on the field. Um, and then Warren McClendon today is like a he's a third year. Speaking of Oregon, he is uh, Brian McClendon, who was the interim coach for Oregon um, in the bowl game. He is his uh, cousin, and um, he uh, he's, he's a fixture at right tackle. So that's the other part. I guess McClendon has a really good um, understanding of the personnel at Oregon after being there for a couple of years, and now he's Georgia's wide receivers coach. Huh. Yeah, that's a, that's definitely a valid point I hadn't considered. Uh, that That's really a valid point there. So getting to the end here, uh, don't want to keep you here all day. You know how it is. Basically got one full question for you here left, followed by two quick hitters. So again, uh, yeah, you know how it is. So my last big kind of question for you here is, uh, who do you think will be some unexpected faces to emerge on the defense this season? I know maybe a kind of obvious name would be Jalen Carter, uh, probably getting a probably getting a lot of buzz in the local media. But again, who do you think will be some unexpected faces to emerge on the defense this season? A couple guys. I mean, probably on defense because they lost five first rounders, and you know which. I don't know. You obviously could never have said that before. That was a record in the modern era. But um, inside linebacker, where they had three guys drafted pretty high, Jamon Dumas Johnson is a sophomore that you know created a lot of buzz. Um, you know, just like in scrimmages and um, makes a lot of plays. Uh, the kind of a guy that can um, swat the ball away and 
do uh, pick pick sixes in practice and stuff like that. So he's probably the next guy that's going to blow up at that position. Um, they have some super senior type guys that, that came back that sort of um, really uh, had an expanded role um, last season. Robert Beal is a former five-star that really kind of was under the radar throughout his career at Georgia. But when Adam Anderson, who would have been maybe a first-round pick, got in major legal trouble last year, he came on and I, I think ended up leading the team in sacks uh, because he uh, got a chance towards the end of the year. Then William Poole is another guy that's been around for a long time, um, replaced uh, a guy towards, uh, you know, when the playoffs began, basically, um, or, or rather the SEC championship game at the star nickel position. It really um, played well. So, um, yeah, I think he had a rough game against Bama maybe, but came back with, with a strong playoff. So, you know, these are guys that have been around and know the system very well. And so those guys in particular, Beal and Poole, I think, can uh, can really, um, you know, just keep Georgia at a pretty good level defensively. Yeah, I mean, obviously with Georgia, it's probably going to be a more of a replenishing type of talent rather than rebuilding situation. Uh, pretty uh, obvious there. But yeah, so... Here we are kind of down to the final two questions. Just at this point, really just got a couple um quick hitters for you. So uh, first off, uh, maybe the funnest one for everyone out here in Pac-12 Nation. Um, pretty simple, though. Uh, what's your prediction for the game with Oregon? So, yeah, uh, just uh, what's your prediction for the game? I mean, what is the point? It's about like 17 now or something like that, um, or 15. I don't remember uh, in front of me. But, I mean, that sounds about right. I mean, I think Georgia probably wins. I mean, it's 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 – essentially a home game, right? Um, I mean, I don't know. I guess Oregon's ticket allotment will be such, but I'm sure whatever is on the secondary market that Georgia fans will gobble up. So, um, yeah, I would think Georgia, you know, would, would be able to win by like 20 or something, I guess. Um, you know, I don't think uh, Kirby's going to do anything to, um, you know, try to punch in an extra touchdown against Landing or anything like that. But, um, you know, and Georgia knows the quarterback that presumably is going to win uh, the starting job, having been at, at Auburn for three games against Georgia. Um, you know, he's got a, uh, a good skill set, um, but he's also kind of looks like he freelances a lot. I don't know what's going to happen with the new coordinator that came from Florida State, but, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily an advantage for him that Georgia's gone up against him a lot and scheme for him a lot um, as a quarterback. So they're very familiar um, with the transfer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, um, just basically, you got um, any other thoughts about um, Georgia, Oregon this year? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's you know it'll be interesting to see. You know, I think normally this game would you know Georgia would be super jacked up for, and you you don't really hear as much buzz about it because there's still so much of a of a celebration and hangover from the fan base about winning a national championship. So I think the biggest thing for Georgia would be like are, are their heads on totally straight. I mean, they can say that, you know, they're focused, uh, they flipped the page to a new season, but, you know, it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to actually, you know, have to go out and, and go, go up against uh, an opponent that's had a lot of success in the last few years and also played in some big games. So, um, you know, it would be interesting to see uh, where they are mentally, uh, you know, uh, with uh, a whole season of people just saying great job, you know. All right, guys, you heard it from the man himself. It's probably going to be a pretty tough matchup for Oregon. Obviously, it's considered a neutral site game, but I believe it's in 
Atlanta off the top of my head, so it's really not a neutral site, as well as Ducks fans travel. We're talking about the defending national champions in their region. But with that being said, the Ducks are still obviously a very solid team, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, just my two cents here. Offensively, um, you're replacing a new head coach. You lost Travis Dye. You're replacing a new quarterback, so it should prove pretty tough. But again, I just want to thank Mark for his time and that deep insight on Georgia. Again, not every day your team gets the opportunity to face a defending national champion. And again, with the landscape of college football as it currently is, if Oregon can pull this um, pull this upset off, they'd put themselves in a really, really, really good place. Not going to change their TV market, but they'd put themselves in a really good place nonetheless. So again, thank you guys for listening. This will be the first of a four-part series, and I believe the other ones will be in written format, a uh, more kind of written interview style. But again, thank you for listening. Thank you again to Mark for his time, and I'm out. No goofy tagline today. I'll save that for my own projects. I hope you all have a great great something have a great something maybe we'll have one goofy tagline have a great rest of your weekend have a great rest of your day and yeah guys let's uh enjoy whatever we have now uh in regards to pac-12 football going forward adios